0: The Success Factor, Unconventional Wisdom for Small Business Success, hosted by author and small business owner himself, Ernani Young.
1: Hi, once again, I'm Renani Young, author and business owner, and welcome back to our series of podcasts geared and designed for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and solopreneurs. Today's discussion topic is entitled, What Are You Bringing to the Party? And during the course of our podcast, we'll be discussing the unique set of qualifications and resources you, as a small business owner, bring to it, which are fundamental to have and critical to ensure. Your small business's success.
0: The Success Factor is hosted by Ernani Young, seasoned business executive, small business owner, and author of The Success Factor, Unconventional Wisdom for Small Business Success published by Morgan James Publishing Company and available worldwide through Amazon or online booksellers like Powell's, Barnes & Noble's, Indiebound in the U.S., and Chapters Indigo in Canada. The success factor is intended for those of you who want to have a go at owning their own business but aren't really sure how to get started. The success factor also addresses some of the most common reasons why businesses don't succeed, most of which boils down to an over-reliance on conventional thinking. For witty antidotes, Ernani will show listeners how to challenge unconventional wisdom while building the framework to navigate through uncertainty and achieve your small business goals successfully. Listeners may also go to our site, www.successfactormedia.com, for today's show notes.
1: Let me first spend a few moments setting up our context. We're at the very beginning of the process of establishing your small business. I sometimes prefer to use the words setting up a new business or establishing a small business because it sets us apart from the confusion often created by the label startup. Why do I do this? Because for most people, when we use the word startup, it tends to have the connotation of the back of a napkin, insight, the tech-driven new app idea, or the inside my garage like Stephen Job's kind of business undertaking. And not that I'm not dealing with that, because all of the principles I will discuss here in these podcasts are applicable to the aforementioned situations. But I'm focused on the entrepreneur. Solopreneur, which by definition is a business established and operated by a single individual, and your basic small business owner, and not just the tech-savvy geniuses we're reading or hearing about so frequently in the millennial population. I'm confident my message is applicable to them too, but rather I'm focused in targeting my message to the average person who has a dream about owning their own business, including the tech-driven millennial geniuses out there. And that's why I wrote The Success Factor and why I'm here sharing this message with you today. Beginning today and over the next two or three podcasts, we will discuss the essential nature of your business by asking the questions, why does it exist? Or, what is it that you are bringing to the party? I've broken down the conversations into the following subtopics. And here they are Number one, what do you have? Number two, what's everyone else bringing? Number three, bring the good stuff. Number four, function and framework. Number five, making money. Number six, multiple revenue and equity discussions. As mentioned, we'll walk through and cover each one of these topics separately, but today we're going to focus our attention on the question of what do you have, which also includes a discussion on resources and allocations. So to get us going, I'll start with a story. I love stories and come from a family of storytellers. Both my parents were wonderful storytellers, and I have a unique style of writing and speaking which employs stories which are often whimsical and funny as a means to illustrate the point I'm trying to make to my audience. So coming back to my story, in graduate school, I played a lot of tennis. Actually, a lot of students played a lot of tennis where I went to school. When you go to grad school in a place like Phoenix, Arizona, the athlete in everyone comes out, and tennis was one of the most popular pastimes for the international crowd at the American Graduate School of International Management in the late 80s and the early 90s. Now I'm dating myself a bit, huh? Hmm. don't know if I should have done that, but it's too late now, so back to my story. My tennis buddy, we're going to call him Joe, because I don't want to tell you what his real name, because God forbid you should ever find out, or God forbid he should ever find out. But my tennis buddy Joe started a hot and heavy romance with a co-ed named Melody during our first semester of school, even moving her into his apartment. When their love affair soured early in the second semester and they split up, Joe threw a party to live his spirits. A man after my own heart. In those days, before email and social media, party invitations were scrawled on index cards and thumbtacked to bulletin boards. In addition to the basic details of when and where the party would be held, Joe had written BYO, the widely acknowledged acronym for Bring Your Own Beer, Wine, Booze, or whatever else you plan to be drinking. None of us grad students could afford to foot the bar bill for our friends, so BYO was the conventional way things were done and would usually grab something we already had on hand in the fridge, that way avoiding a special trip to the store and having to spend extra money. So imagine my surprise when I arrived at Joe's place, looked around, and saw everyone sitting on the floor. It turns out that when Melody left, she had taken all of the furniture. Sizing up the situation, I told Joe in my usual unconventional way, Dude, if I'd known BYO meant bring your own furniture, I would have at least brought myself a chair to sit in. So for us, the meaning here is that a small business is a bit like Joe's party. It's important to ask yourself, what do you bring to the party? When we ask the question, what do you bring to the party? The list of potential assets is long and varied depending on your circumstances. A very small business, for example, might have the natural advantage of low overhead. A couple running a lawn maintenance or janitorial company out of their home could arguably charge less for their services because they don't have any employees or office rent to pay. A farmer might have inherited land. A politician might have a network of rich and powerful friends, even if their last name is not Bush, Kennedy, or even Gore, where other elected officials will answer their calls and trust their judgment as a political consultant. In my case, as a kid growing up in Flint, Michigan, I could never make the claim it was a destination for tourism. Aside from our Brazilian friends and family, it was not a place you would commonly put on your vacation itinerary. Now that I live 10 minutes from Walt Disney World, it's like I'm running a bed breakfast. When it comes to attracting visitors, sun and fun are clearly natural advantages. Likewise in business. If you're trying to track tenants for a retail project, it's an advantage to be located near a major highway. If you're a consultant, it helps to have experience in a particular industry. I've started to run a lot of businesses, and I've accumulated a lot of capital. These are my natural assets, or the business advantages I already have. That's what I bring to the party. Now, it's important to state that we're not talking about product differentiation. We'll address that in another conversation. Right now, we're trying to decide what it is you want to do and the things you've got working to your advantage right from the get-go. For discussion purposes, let's break those advantages down to three specific categories. Number one, qualifications. Number two, resources. And number three, what's everyone else bringing? Let's start with the number one, qualifications. Having the right talent is critical to the success or failure of your business. Are you naturally creative? Are you good at problem solving? Do people like and respect you? These are natural advantages. More important, however, from a business perspective, is what have you done? And because skills requirements change and old contexts go stale, the question now becomes, what have you done lately? This is the first question a banker is going to ask when you apply for a loan. And considering you are going to be acting as your own banker first i.e. investing time and money in a startup, you should ask yourself, do I, my management team, have the knowledge, skills, and experience required to run a company? Do I or we have a track record of success? Are any of us good at sales or business development? Is our particular experience or skill set an advantage for a particular type of business? Now let's move on to resources number two. Technically, this section should be called Resources Other Than Qualifications, which we already haven't discussed, but that didn't test well in our focus groups, so we're moving right along. From their life experiences, education, and backgrounds, the small business owners accumulate valuable treasures along with the qualifications they gain just from working, resources that might fall into one of three categories. First, physical assets. Here we're talking about property, plant, equipment, or machinery, tooling. Buildings, vehicle fleets, computer hardware, or number two, relationships. Or relationships, personal and business network. I often refer to this as your personal capital. These are the persons who you specifically know and to whom you can turn to for new business development, referrals, recommendations, partnerships, endorsements, and many more. In the relationships section, we also include. People who are thought leaders, key decision makers, provide access to distribution channels, customer contacts, and vendors. And the third resource category we'll call intellectual property. Those include patents, processes, technology, formulations, and training methodologies. So now coming back to our original question of what do you have, we first talked about qualifications. We now have spoken about resources. The third topic that we want to cover is the question, what's everyone else bringing? I call these kinds of differentiators natural or comparative advantages. Natural because they are the hand you've been dealt and not the result of an intentional marketing initiative. And comparative because they are only an advantage until circumstances change or someone comes along with an even greater advantage. Business schools apply a more strict definition of comparative advantage, focusing primarily on pricing and efficiency. But I'm not one to let a little thing like tradition model my mojo, so let's use my definition here for for our purposes. Now for another story. You all know Andy Warhol. And Andy Warhol was an icon of the American pop art movement in the mid to late 20th century, who famously foretold of today's celebrity-obsessed society. In 1968, he wrote, In the future, everyone will be world famous for 15 minutes, the famous 15 minutes of fame. Natural advantages are fleeting. Land values, for example, change with neighborhood demographics. Political advantage shifts with every election and a change of party. And the half-life of new technology, or an app, is 18 months and falling. That was the essence of Warhol's 15 minutes of fame. Strike while the iron is hot, because one thing we know for sure, It won't be forever. You see comparative advantage playing out all the time in business. Baby boomers invented the internet. Millennials have mastered it. Small independent bookstores that thrived against small chain stores on the strength of an owner's personality and book knowledge couldn't compete with the lower prices and broader selection of the big box book chains like Barnes & Nobles and Borders which then couldn't compete with even lower prices and superior distribution and the unlimited inventory of Amazon. Amazon no longer even thinks about itself being a book reseller. Today, it has positioned itself as a massive distributor, delivering everything imaginable from books, music, over-the-counter meds, supplements, every type of gizmo imaginable, video content through movies and its own produced television shows like Handmaid's Tale and others, it also distributes using unique service offerings like Amazon Prime and the list goes on. They continue to change the rules of the game. Just when you think you've caught up, Amazon, true to its namesake, the massive rolling and ebbing river in the northern part of my home country, Brazil, once again morphs into a unique and game-changing new business proposition that only they have and only they were clever enough to think of. The result is leaving its competitors choking in their dust. So, returning to my original example at Joe's furniture free party in grad school, the natural advantage would go to the guy who remembered the stack of folding chairs tucked away in the corner of his carport or van. That is, until the handsome rich guys from next door showed up with a leather sofa. So, remember, part of your success will be directly related to you enacting fast because your small business opportunity won't be there forever. And speed and execution. And today's light-speed changing technology-driven app world is as critical a qualification as any other. Okay, got it? Great. So far we've covered together the following items. Number one, what do you have? And we've gone through the exercise of articulating our resources and our qualifications. We then ask the next question of what's everyone else bringing? and discuss natural and comparative advantages. We're down to the last section where we motivate you or provoke you to bring the good stuff. And as part of that discussion, we will also ask you, what cards are you holding? So moving on, the first thing that I want you to do is list your skills, starting with those things you are best at. At this point, it's important to ignore any voices in your head that might try to convince you that something is irrelevant. If you're good at it, Write it down. Consider this fact: When Otis Redding recorded "Sitting on the Dock of the Bay" following the Monterey Pop Festival in 1967, he whistled the outro as a placeholder, intending to replace it with a scat rap. But he died in a plane crash before he could fix it. That whistle is one of the things people like best about that song today. So, if whistling is your thing, write it down and don't ignore it because it could very well become part of your brand signature. Who knows, right? So, right now. I'd like you to get a pen and pencil, sit down at your computer or your laptop, and answer the following questions. Number one, what am I best at? Number two, what do other people think I'm best at? Number three, what have I done, personally or professionally, that people might pay me to do for them, and why would they hire me instead of someone else? Number four, is there anything I've retained from my previous work experience that would help me build my own business? Number five, what credentials have I earned that would make others consider me an expert? Number six, and the last one, what else do I own or know or have access to that I can use to my advantage in starting a business? Review your answers, consider them carefully, set them aside, and come back to them later to see if anything else comes to mind. Now take that piece of paper, fold it up, and use it as a bookmark while you read my book and listen to my podcasts. Even if you've already started a business and are just looking for ways to run things better, keep that paper with you. That paper represents the best in you, your greatest natural assets. If you're already making the most of those things in your business you're on the right track. If you're not, you need to ask yourself why not and figure out a way to leverage those assets. Okay, that pretty much ends today's recording. Thank you and to your success.
0: Please visit our website at www.successfactormedia.com. Please follow Ernani on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook. He is always happy to chat and answer questions there. And be sure to share this podcast with your friends. I hope you enjoyed the content of The Success Factor, and I hope that you'll visit our site to subscribe to our weekly podcasts.
1: Sincerely, thank you for joining us today, and I hope you enjoyed the content. We know what busy lives all our listeners lead, and I want you to know that I really appreciate you taking the time to listen in with us today on the Success Factor podcast.